0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Am I Missing, the podcast where I attempt to fill in the gaps of my knowledge through conversations with friends. I'm your host, Brett Walden, and today is a very special episode. Why is it special, you ask? Because every episode is special, I reply. Today's conversation has nothing to do with last week's conversation and will have nothing in common with next week's show, except for me. It's almost like each episode stays exactly as it is and never grows up. Speaking of great segues, this time around I'm talking to J. Scott Browning about Peter Pan. He brought in all sorts of rare books and things to this interview, so, you know, the guy knows what he's talking about. Please let me know what you think of my show after you're done listening. You can do that by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes, and if you have any fun facts or anecdotes or if you just want to roast me in the comments, type them up, give me five stars, and I'll read the funniest or most interesting ones out loud on a future episode. Like this one from Fun Hilda. She says, The conversations are natural, and the podcast is really pleasant to listen to right up my alley. Thank you, Fun Hilda. I agree. But enough preamble. Let's break into the room of some children and kidnap them away to Neverland with J. Scott Browning. Take it away, Anthony. Okay, let's get started. Hello. uh, Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited. Uh, It's early on Saturday morning. The sun is shining, which is rare. For this show, um, usually I think this is the first show that it's not raining That's out, good for so yeah. it's uh, well. I think it's good for the entire f- spirit. I think it's good for the feeling. There you go. Um, uh, if if nothing else, it just makes us want to be more outside than in right now. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So as you can hear, I have a I have a guest in the studio right now. Um, please identify yourself.
1: My name is Jay Scott Browning, and I have Peter Pan Complex. <laughs>
0: Is that what we're calling it? Sure. Let's I just go it. with that. Cool. Um so uh yes, yeah, so you are here to talk about Peter Pan. That's correct. Um you are currently wearing a shirt that says Lost Boys on it. Yes, that'd be um, appropriate. Yes, very appropriate. Which is uh which is obviously a Peter Pan reference. Yep. Is it also a reference to anything else, or is that
1: this this is yeah, purely Peter Pan. Peter- that's skull rock. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Beautiful. Tinkerbell in the corner?
1: No, that's a dragonfly.
0: Oh <laughs> See, this is why I have you on.
1: But then there's the the Indian feather. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm,
0: yeah. Listeners, if you could see the shirt, it does, it could be mistaken for Tinkerbell.
1: Sure. We'll go with that.
0: It's a little thing with two wings coming <laughs> off of it. It's uh, it's pretty ambiguous. <laughs> um, so you have, so you're here to talk about Peter Pan. That's correct. Yeah. Um, which is great. You've brought some books with you. A couple. Yeah. Which I'm excited about. Um, if you'd like to, we can just do an hour long reading. A la Andy Kaufman. Yes. Um, Great.
1: Here I come to save the day.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Um, So, uh, yeah, so, so obviously Peter Pan is sort of one of those things that is in the, uh, it's sort of in the public consciousness more, I would almost argue, because of Disney than anything else. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, Especially down here in Orlando. Yes. Um, So for myself, it is, it is one of those things that I am aware of um, in terms of, you know, I guess the 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 ideas, the look, the green tights, the the coming coming in through the window, <laughs> all of those things.
1: Creepy, creepy boy outside. Creepy
0: boy outside trying to get inside, and um, parents neglecting children <laughs> yes. long enough for that to happen. Um, yeah, so my my experience is is limited to the movie, um, which I think I saw. I've not seen a lot. Um, but I will say that there was, uh, speaking of the parents, uh, a very interesting um, interpretation of the story at the Fringe. Fringe show a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. Darlings. Yep. Yeah.
1: I was going to talk about that, but go ahead.
0: No, I. well, I'd, I'd love to. I yeah. think we were there at the same time. We yeah. saw the same show. And I, I bring it up because it was a good friend of mine who happened to do it. Yes. Carrie Brown and, and her husband. But it was, um, it was, it affected me in a way and forced me to look at the Peter Pan story in a way that I had never... Considered before, yeah, it was and, brilliant. Yeah, um, so uh, for for anyone who didn't see it, and I assume that's more more than um, not, um, it was it was a story about how the Peter Pan um, sort of mythos was actually in the heads of the the darling parents, yes, trying to cope with the loss of their clearly kidnapped. Children. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. I mean, I remember when, when we first walked into the theater, the gentleman who was playing Mr. Darling was standing there with an umbrella and, like, have you seen my children? Yeah. And that's before the play even started, their, their production even started. You see him just standing there awkwardly longing and waiting for his kids to show up because yeah. he didn't know where they were. Yeah. And because, it- in, in this, just to give a little background, uh, Mrs. Darling, in a lot of her interpretations, had met Peter already. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh whereas Mr. Darling Peter Pan was a completely new concept to him.
0: In 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 terms of like other other
1: He had uh, never met Peter. Right. Mrs. Darling had met Peter.
0: So this prior this family has a if history. You remember
1: she's the one that caught the his shadow. Oh, but right. Then, yeah, so Peter had already made made himself aware to Mrs. Darling.
0: So he's 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 coming up on the the females of this family, and yeah, just to add to throughout the fact. time, yes, going way back in the family tree.
1: Yeah, he's looking for a mom. Every,
0: yep. <laughs> it's true. Oh. Is that the Peter Pan complex? When if if you if you say somebody has a Peter Pan complex, is that or is that a is that no, a Peter not Pan, growing up thing? That's not growing up. Okay, that's Peter Pan complex. Okay. Yeah. seems like there's a lot of complexes that could <laughs> that is. could fit the bill. Yes. Um, wait, not-
1: wait till you get to some of the things I'm gonna tell you about
0: (laughs) it's not quite edible but it's there there's definitely mothers involved yes okay so um so just sticking on the the darlings show that we saw then is that is that sort of an interpretation that you have um that's been touched upon before by other people in terms of like um I, i don't know if it's grounding it in a way but it's sort of it's taking the fantastical elements of the story and kind of giving it a psychological explanation. Has that been?
1: This that was what I that was the first time I'd ever seen it from the parents' point of view. Okay, and that's why I thought it was brilliant, um, because basically what they did is they start talk. The whole thing started talking about how where are the kids. What are we going to do? The kids are gone, and then all of a sudden. They just start playing around. Yeah. Like like they're the kids and next thing you know, they're retelling the story of Peter Pan. Right. With just the two of them. Right. But then they'll break out of it and go back to being the parents. Yeah. And then they'll say, No, no, no. And all of a sudden they just were kept on going in and out of being the parents and actually retelling the story. It was Yeah. It was ca- it was heartbreaking.
0: Well, yeah, because you realize that they're telling the story in order to to cope. To cope. To make yeah. themselves feel better mm-hmm. um, and to kind of escape the, the, the reality of our kids are probably dead in a gutter somewhere. Yes. Instead, I would much rather imagine that they were taken away to this place where they never have to grow up. Yeah. And and it it reinterprets even that idea in a way that it's just like, yeah, they're never they're never going to get a chance to yeah. grow up. and yes. it, Oh, my God. Never. There you Ugh.
1: go. Nice choice of words. Never. Yeah. Never
0: land. Never land. Yeah. Carrie if you're listening to this just a brilliant show and if you get ever get a chance it's just it's amazing yeah. it's amazing yeah. um so uh so let's okay so let's but let's talk about it so obviously as a fan of Peter Pan you went into that show you you were impressed by it
1: I was thoroughly impressed cuz I cool. at this point in time I have consumed so much Peter Pan mm-hmm. that I now seek out different interpretations um I, I'm not like one of those people that, no, it's just the original story. Anything else is horrible. No, I want to know other people's viewpoints. And uh, how, how do you interpret it? Is that something different that you can do with it? Because it is, it's a timeless story. It yeah. doesn't grow old, you know? And I think that kind of goes with my my whole love of it is it's a story that still resonates now than it did, you know, a hundred years ago when, Barry first wrote it.
0: Yeah. You know? So what, how did you start? What What got you into it? How did you discover it?
1: I brought a couple of things. Okay. My very first main stage production when I was nine years old was Peter Pan.
0: Oh, cool.
1: So, um, I, that's in the (laughs) small town of Modesto, California, which is in the Central Valley. Yeah. Shout Um, out to Modesto. Shout out to Modesto, Modesto Performing Arts Association. So, um... Yeah, I've got the program here. I'm awesome. holding yep. it up. So we're looking
0: it. at a program. It says 18th summer season, My Fair Lady, July, Peter Pan, August, and September.
1: Yeah. So uh skimping
0: was... on the paper. They they put two shows in there. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was their little summer season. So previously I had done Pinocchio with this production company. Um, but it was just a children's theater production. So this was my first like full blown main stage, like what you would go see now with like Kathy Rigby and and uh Oh my gosh, who's the gymnast? Oh, um, well, Kathy Rigby is the gymnast. How embarrassing. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it's the the production you would see now of Peter Pan is what is what I did. Okay. So it was my very first time auditioning for anything, and I was cast as Slightly, who is the oldest of the Lost Boys. And when Peter's gone, takes his trips to London to kidnap kids, Slightly's in charge. Right. Um, so... It was my very first experience and I fell in love with the story. Yeah. Like I, again, I had seen the cartoon and it wasn't until like years later, I was like, wow, mom, dad, that was my first play. And so I, you know, can I get this Peter Pan thing? I, you know, I kind of liked that. And next thing you know, over the last 30, 35 years, I now have an entire room that is Peter's room. Mm. It is nothing but Peter Pan, much similar to listeners if you can't hear my good friend Brett has uh, a collection of Steamboat Willie yeah Um, so if you can imagine an entire room painted green um, with bookshelves upon bookshelves of collectibles it's just kind of gone from that (laughs) I also
0: I also imagine a window that you leave slightly open every night and you just sit there With your hands to your chin, hoping, hoping and waiting. Yeah. No, No. I, uh,
1: no, I have brand new windows locked tight. We're in hurricane.
0: Fair enough. Hurricane region. Peter Pan doesn't fare well in hurricane (laughs) No, he
1: doesn't. No. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where, where it started is just, it was my very first show and I am an actor by trade. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what I do for a living, pay my bills. That's how I know Brett. And so with it being the foundation and the beginning of my career and my life on stage it's kind of just continued on through until now
0: yeah Yeah. so obviously the the show had an impact on you but then you you know the it it continued on certainly we've all done shows where it kind of resonates with you a little bit afterwards but then you kind of let it go but this is this is continued so clearly there's something more about the story itself or the themes or what, yeah. what, what is it that resonates with
1: um, you? It's the the concept of never growing up. Mm-hmm. Always having a child inside and having fun. You know, um, I'm 42 years old and I think it helps being an actor to, to you have to have that willingness to play yeah. and that willingness to connect with the inner child to get deeply psychological um, because it just helps with this, Monday, the stress, the rat race of your life, being able to find opportunities to be a kid, and to always find that, um, has really been the the psychological, the deep meaning of why I still connect with with the story of Peter Pan.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, um, are, is there just is there just one book, or how many?
1: Okay, so I brought a couple of original books. Um, the very first appearance ever of Peter Pan. Listeners, I have a <clears throat> book here called The Little White Bird or Adventures in Kensington Gardens. It is over 100 years old.
0: The book is itself? The
1: book is, yeah, it was published in 1902 wow, by Charles that. Scribner's it's sons. Very, I got this.
0: Very fragile looking. Yes,
1: yes. Um, I got this in New Orleans um, at a uh, an antique bookstore uh, mm. when I was in college, so...
0: Had you uh, been seeking it out or did you just sort of stumble upon it?
1: I'm always... Um, just keeping an eye out for it. Anytime I go to a new city or my drive, if I see an antique store, bookstore, I, given the no time constraints, I will stop in and just take a quick browse. My eyes have become attuned to finding Peter Pan. Yeah. So whether it be, you know, I have little buttons or anything like that, I will always go in and at least walk around and see if there's anything that maybe I don't have. Um, at this point... Going off uh, a little at this point, I look for things that are unique, Mm -hmm. you know, not the overly produced stuff that you can find at the Disney store or things like that. I'm now looking for things that I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. If I haven't seen it, chances are I'm going to, if I can afford it, I'm going to buy it.
0: Yeah. Is most of the stuff that you find that you collect Disney related?
1: I actually look more for non-Disney-related products. So
0: those things yeah. exist. They do. They're just harder to They're find. They're
1: harder to find. And I'll, I'll I'll check in with you on that uh, in just a second. Okay. But anyway, so the very first appearance of Peter Pan is in this book called The Little White Bird or Adventures in Kensington Gardens. And that's the book that I have here. Mm-hmm. Then um, uh, James Berry wrote the play, which if you've seen like Finding Neverland, you that kind of gives a background of it. Um, He writes a play called Peter and Wendy. Um, It does really well um, in London. And then he is pressured kind of by his publishers and to actually adapt it into a novel. And that is the other book here that I have that's called Peter and Wendy. So this is the novel form that if you were to pick up a book now, would probably be called just Peter Pan, but that's basically the story that you'll see there.
0: And is that the one that we sort of are all aware of? Yes.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what you know the the novelization of the play. But the very so the very first adaptation is the play. Mhm. That is what you hear, what you hear and see now, but unfortunately most people don't want to sit down and read a play, they want to read a novel. Right. So they adapted it into a novelization novel form and so this was the one that has been around for i think this was 1912 1908 so it was a couple years later uh this one's a 1912 so this one this one's this is a beautiful book you can see they have the oh it's got (laughs) like
0: the onion skin paper yeah yeah
1: to protect the um protect the, the pictures and uh you can see the the pages are yeah. This is this one actually is more difficult to find than that one.
0: Oh really? Yeah. So um, going back a, uh, a moment to the the little white bird. Little white bird. Um, I can't see the title of it. There it is. Orcs. Um. So what is so this is his first appearance. So what what happens in this one?
1: Um, it's just it just talks about uh well Kensington Gardens first of all. I said Adventures in Kensington Gardens mm-hmm. is. The actual garden in London, where you can see the Peter Pan statue. Um, So if you've ever been to London, you can visit Kensington Gardens, and that's kind of to commemorate this first appearance. Yeah. Have Um, you ever seen it? I have. Yeah. Once. And then friends always send me pictures. Hey, thinking of you, I'm in Kensington Gardens. Like, which is cool because everyone associates me now with Peter Pan. Yeah. um, Which is great for the dating life, of course. Um, (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Um, So I have to be honest, I have not read this in a long time. Okay. I just... At this point in time, I can tell you that's the first appearance, right? And like in a comic book, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First appearance of, of Peter Pan is Little White Bird.
0: But it's not, I mean, you, I guess my question is, like, is he fully formed at this point, or is it just sort of a passing reference just a of, passing, like... Just passing reference, yeah. yeah.
1: It's really not telling much about him, he just appears.
0: This is just a dude who exists. Yeah, yeah. And then it gets fleshed out in the play.
1: Yes, exactly, yeah.
0: Is that the same play that you... Did?
1: No. this uh, Peter Pan the, that I did was the musical version. Oh. Singing, dancing, all that crazy stuff. So the actual play of Peter Pan is really not performed because as much. Right. When people go see Peter Pan, they're going to go see the musical. Right. Because people like musical theater. Is it a
0: quality thing? Is it a bad play?
1: No, it's a great play.
0: Okay. Yeah. All that's right.
1: That's why that's, you know. It's it's a great book. That's why people wanted to not read it and read (laughs) it it in in novel form. Yeah, exactly. So going back to, uh, touching back to what you said about um, me collecting, looking for non-Peter Pan things, Mm -hmm. if we can get back to that. Um, Another thing that has kind of drawn me to the story is uh, James Berry actually gave the rights to Peter Pan to the Ormond Street Orphanage which is an orphanage in London. Um, of course, if you know the story, the when Peter Pan brings back the darling kids, he also brings back the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. And the Lost Boys are then adopted oh, okay. back into society. I didn't know that. Yes. Um, so the rights to uh, Peter Pan are owned by this orphanage in London. Even Disney has to pay rights to anything produced. They can do Tinkerbell. Mm -hmm. because they, even though Tinkerbell exists, the image of Tinkerbell was first created by Walt Disney in the movie. So other than that, just the concept of a fairy, like you can interpret that however you want, but that's why you see Tinkerbell used ad nauseum with, with Disney stuff, is because they own that image of Tinkerbell.
0: And they don't want to pay those orphans. They don't. Seriously? Of course, of course, I don't. <laughs> no, no. So no. that's why
1: if you like, you rarely see Peter Pan stuff. Yeah, especially Disney is because they have to when they create something Peter Pan, they give money in to this orphanage.
0: That the it, it puts everything like into a new light when you realize that. Yeah, like even the fact that like Tinker opens every Disney movie with mm-hmm. the whole castle image yeah. and all of that. It's oh god, it's yeah. almost like Disney holding up like a middle finger to the orphans. <laughs> seriously <laughs> and be like, we're so close to having to pay you. Yeah. We're so close, but yeah. we're not going to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um so that's kind of another thing that I like is the challenge of finding stuff. Peter Pan. Yeah. Because there's not as much out there as other Disney you know movies yeah disney things so it's much more challenging to find peter pan memorabilia and also because i know that at some point in time when they created this money went to the to the orphanage Mm -hmm. and so that's my way of even though i'm not directly giving money to the orphanage it's my way of saying hey i support this yeah what you're doing so but i'm doing it secondhand so you're really not getting my money yeah but you know it's, it's the, the thought, thought that counts. <laughs> there you go. Orphans live off of thoughts. <laughs> yes, exactly. Happy thoughts in this case.
0: So is is anything that you find then I imagine it must a lot of it must predate the the Disney stuff then, right? Or or I mean, who's producing Peter Pan stuff that's not related to Disney now?
1: Um well, a lot of independent artists. Like when I go to MegaCon, I mm-hmm. look for again. I'm looking for interesting interpretations of some right. of, of artists. So I, I have a lot of pictures, a lot of drawings. So you're
0: not concerning yourself with official merchandise. No, it can be anything. Anything yeah. could be freelance. Yeah,
1: I mean, I have uh, as long as it's a little deck of cards. It's probably if you can see my maybe was that an inch and a half? Mm-hmm. Maybe probably about an inch and a half that has Peter Pan on it, and I think that's maybe from like the 1920s. Yeah. Um so not yeah, not official Disney merchandise. Well that's
0: I mean from the 1920s that sort of stuff like is I mean awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I would look for. Yeah. Um I guess I'm talking about more more modern stuff that sort of like post dates the Disney stuff but isn't related to it. Obviously that would almost there's all not, have to be independent. There's
1: not as much.
0: Right, but you don't you're like as long as it's done well. As long as it's, it's done well and it looks well, good
1: and it's something I haven't I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. So obviously once once Disney created, you know, I think it was 1953 when their movie came out, um now the majority of the stuff you're you're going to see is what we know, the image that we know of Peter Pan, which right. was what Disney created. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm getting a drink of water. Um <laughs> so Disney basically created the image that we know now. Mm-hmm. Um, because prior to that it's just a description of a young boy, you know, wearing green tights and, you know, I mean, so I try to find things that are pre nineteen fifty three if I can. Yeah. But obviously that's much more difficult. Yeah. Um so yeah, I guess I don't know. But you've of... been successful in it. Oh yeah, I have an yeah. As I said, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, finding these books. Um, a lot of stuff that I have is from the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Again, we're looking mostly Disney-inspired merchandise, but dolls and things like that. Because <clears throat> after the move, the, the stuff in the fifties really didn't shell out that. Like there's not a lot created but then once the 60s hit they when they started creating more right more merchandise that's cool yeah.
0: is there something um in your collection that you kind of um prized the most in terms of like how rare it is or just how the, the books the, the, the book. books that i brought in yeah
1: the books that i brought in uh, are probably one of my favorite things when i i'm basically telling people hey this is what i have i even have some of the original books from 19 1908 1902 right um So they're by far the oldest things I own. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, I have a print by Mondo, um, which is, Mondo is a company that probably about 10 10 years ago, I think, um, movie posters, uh, collectors were missing out on the old hand drawn movie posters that we had as kids in the 80s, you know, like Goonies, Hook, which are Drew Struzan Mm -hmm. is the... the, um, the artists that did them. So a lot of these artists started creating their own movie posters and it just started this whole fad of and artists creating these cool different interpretations of movie posters. So anyway, I have a Peter Pan poster that I think is limited to like 250. Um, it's a screen print that is, it's huge. It's beautiful, but stuff like that I love too, because I know that it's rare. It holds some value. Yeah. Um, I have some, some pictures again that are probably, worth you know six seven eight hundred dollars really yeah that I got for 40 or 50 bucks oh wow yeah that's very cool yeah
0: so your Peter Pan room is uh it's... you definitely want to lock that window oh,
1: yeah <laughs> Most definitely. yeah
0: yeah yeah wow so um as somebody who came into Peter Pan kind of after obviously the Disney movie and stuff is that something but even though the the history of the story goes back much further the do, how do you feel about the movie
1: Peter Pan. Yeah. So my favorite version of Peter Pan is the live action one with Jeremy Sumter mm-hmm. playing Peter Pan. Um, that I think was the most authentic and the most truest.
0: To the book.
1: To to the story that we all know and love. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, Hook. I, I, I enjoy it. I think it's a fun movie. Um, <clears throat> then you get into things like Pan, mm-hmm. which again, I watched it because it's Peter Pan but it was a piece of crap, right? Yeah, I I didn't care for it. It was, and the general consensus with uh, fans and critics was they agreed. Same, yeah.
0: Well, what I, I, there's something to I think being being into something so much, and then finding an interpretation of it, sort of after you've formed your own opinions about mm-hmm. it, where you know you can be. Uh, you know, you reach that point where it's like you can be kind of the purest about it, or you can, you know, you, you yeah. have, this is this is what Peter Pan is, this is what it should be, and then yeah. somebody else comes along and says, uh, what about this interpretation? And mm-hmm. you can either go like, you know, oh, I never thought about it that way, I'll fold that into my, or you go like, no, absolutely. Peter Pan would never be yes. like this, right? Um, but you came into it sort of after after the obviously the novels came out year you know decades and decades and then disney comes out with the definitive version of it Mm -hmm. almost so have you do you fold the disney version into your version of peter pan and then anything that's come after it like hook or pan or anything like that that's when you start having opinions about it
1: yes most definitely uh (laughs) That was a great segue, dude. Nice work. Um, Bam. My favorite interpretation that is completely off the wall Mm -hmm. is a book called The Child Thief written by Braum. Okay. And basically it takes what we think about Peter Pan and turns it on its head. So the concept of that is that Peter Pan goes and he finds uh, kids living on the street Mm-hmm. He kidnaps them. Kidnaps Great. them, takes them back to Neverland. So and- far, that's exactly what happened. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, kidnaps them, takes them back to Neverland. And then Peter Pan stays young by sacrificing the children to the island. Oh. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is... <laughs> I have an idea, which I had spoken to you about last year, two years ago, mm-hmm. about a play that I wanted to write or a short, you know, a show. Um, I'm actually looking at maybe doing it as a short film instead, because just where my life seems to be going right now. Right. Um, to where it's about Slightly, which is the character that I played as a kid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the title that I've been toying around, Diary of a Lost Boy, or just Slightly, something like that, to where... His life was saved by the darling kids when they brought him back and he was adopted because him being the oldest of the lost boys, he was the next one in line to be sacrificed because Peter Pan doesn't grow up, but there's nothing that says that the lost boys don't age. Right. So he takes the kids. Peter Pan takes the kids when they're infants, whatever, when they're abandoned. Yeah. Brings them to Neverland. And then the Lost Boys continue aging when they turn uh, thirteen. Mm-hmm. So L- Slightly was about eleven or twelve. When they turn thirteen, uh, teenagers, which is kind of the next step in growing up. Yeah. He then sacrifices them to the island, and that's the island grants him his eternal youth.
0: Okay. Oh, so oh, I got gotcha. you. So. So Slightly's next in line. Slightly's next in line. Which is why he's the oldest at this point.
1: Yes, he's the oldest. Yeah. And so, my idea is basically coming back to you know slightly when he's third in his thirties or forties, and him coming to grips and realization that he was about he was going to be sacrificed, he was going to die, mm-hmm. and that resentment that he had towards Peter for that, but also his how thankful he is to uh, the Darling family, to John, which is the role that I was looking at talking to you about playing, Mm -hmm. um, because John and Slightly were about the same age, 11 or 12 years old. And so they become really good friends post Neverland. And so just kind of him coming to a realization and trying to grow up in life after Neverland, but also having that knowledge that he was going to be killed by this kid, this leader that he had trusted. Right. You know?
0: Right. Um is it it's it's interesting when was that book written
1: Probably about ten years ago yeah yeah
0: I was gonna say it's it's such a mod it seems like a very modern thing yeah. to to take sort of stories that everybody knows and like recast yeah. you know it's interesting to recast Peter Pan as like the villain yeah. of the piece
1: because in in the book the pirates are all the adults right um that have it actually is uh, oh my gosh, the uh, colonial town that disappeared Roanoke. Roanoke. So yeah. they're actually the town of Roanoke that ended up because there's this whole cross, dement, like cross-world thing, and it's actually the lost. The, they're actually the lost colony of Roanoke, mm-hmm. but the adults are actually trying to save the kids. So the pirates are actually the good guys in this book.
0: Oh, okay, okay, the, yeah.
1: The pirates are trying to, in this the, book. In this book, in okay. the Child Thief, yeah. The they're actually the ones trying to the save Roanoke the kids. thing is in this book. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, is that canon? No, 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 no. It's not canon. <laughs> no, no, no. The, again, this is. I just- I was like, that's crazy. No, this is just from the Brom book. The I love child, it. Okay. The, yeah, so it's actually the Lost Colony of Roanoke, but the the adults are trying to save the kids from being sacrificed. Wow. So, so it the,
0: just flip. It literally it flips it on its flips head.
1: It. But I like. I love it. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a really cool and interesting interpretation that I would have never thought of, but it kind of makes sense.
0: Well, because a book like that, I assume, is taking what you what you know about the original story and assuming that most of it is still true or the 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 the, the events described are still true, it's just kind of going. Here's the here's the real story. It's sort yeah. of just yeah, right. Or
1: here's a different interpretation. It's know. not
0: throwing out the story no. and saying here's my own version of Peter Pan. It's like yeah, that that happened that way, but it's let's it's being the, told from the wrong perspective, a wrong viewpoint. Yeah, yeah, let's
1: look at it from a different view. You know,
0: let's look at what the pirates were actually trying to do. Here. Yeah, yeah. Or you 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 could interpret it this way. Yes. Oh, that's exactly. cool. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, so Hook obviously is is sort of one of those seminal movies from childhood as well. Oh, where yeah. even if you, you know, if you didn't I think for me, Peter Pan, the Disney version was kind of too old. Yeah. At that time, where it was just like, you know, and it was sort of in that that category of Disney movies where it yeah. was just like, ah, those are my those those are my parents' Disney yeah. movies, you know. And so then to be reintroduced to the Peter Pan story through hook
1: was that your first real i think think so memory of the story i think so yeah
0: you know um and i i enjoyed it yeah as a kid i think should i think i enjoyed the parts that 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 kids would you know rufio yeah he's not he's not original is he rufio
1: oh he's completely original
0: I mean in terms of I mean original to the story. He's not original he's to the story. He's made up for the he's movie. He's made up for the movie. Right.
1: In fact, all of the Lost Boys that appear in with the exception of Tootles, mm-hmm. which is again, he's has grown up because he was brought back. So Tootles is the one that lost his marbles, the old the old man, and then right, he right, finds right, his right, marbles right. at the end. Okay. So Tootles what is original. Right. Um, one of the original Lost Boys, but all the Lost Boys that exist in Hook are all so they're created for the story. Okay. For Hook. For the movie.
0: So it's basically acting as like a, almost a sequel to it. They're saying, yes, all of this happened from the novel. Yes. He brought them back, but then he continued to... Yeah,
1: until, according to the story, collect. Until, until he finally, he fell in love with, uh, with Wendy's granddaughter? Daughter. Again, that he family fell... tree thing. Yeah, he comes back to visit Wendy. Wendy continues to grow up. Then Wendy has a daughter, and... He continues to come back and visit, and then I think he falls... Yeah, he falls in love with, with Wendy's daughter, mm-hmm. and then finally he's the power of love. Peter decides to stay. And he stays. Yeah. Right. And then he starts growing old yeah. and becomes Robin Williams.
0: Which is, I mean, great casting. No? Oh, he
1: was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um. So there's just... So tell me, what. so what happened with Pan? I don't think I ever saw that movie
1: pan was more like the story of captain hook um it wasn't really about peter pan mm-hmm. so i honestly it's extremely forgettable um <laughs> but it's just kind of this sci almost sci-fi interpretation um where the pirate is actually blackbeard
0: okay and
1: then Hook, it's just kind of how he became Captain Hook. Yeah. Um, so it's really not even, like Peter Pan is there, but it's more the backstory of Captain Hook. I honestly... It I doesn't mean, sound interesting. It's not. It doesn't sound interesting it's not, at all. I mean, it, yeah, it's just not good. It's just not good. <laughs> uh, however, a different interpretation just is Peter and the Catchers. Oh, yeah. I've never heard of that. Um, there's a series, series of books by Dave Barry and I think Drew Pearson, um, which has been... Uh, adapted to the stage and been very successful. And that, uh, Peter and the Star Catchers is kind of the prequel of how, of Peter Pan. Again, mm-hmm. totally different interpretation it has to do with like stardust and all this kind of stuff which you would now know as fairy dust that right. Tinkerbell has and that's how Peter Pan can fly and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that, that's an, uh, a fun interpretation um, that I enjoyed. I, again, I haven't read them I have them, but uh, they're thats a good interpretation as well. Yeah. Just since we're throwing things out. Of course, no. Yeah.
0: People love the show. I've never seen the show, but I know that. that... Yeah,
1: it was <laughs> the last what year? I feel like every theater company in Central Florida has yeah. performed Peter and the Star Catchers. Yeah, I
0: think the rights got released or something. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, ah, yeah, let's, let's go. do it. Yeah.
1: So it was good though. I I have seen the play um, Peter and the Star Catchers. It's good. Black Stash is. Uh, basically who captain hook is it's it's good
0: it seems like you can't you you have to almost try really hard to to screw something up uh uh, with peter pan in terms of like telling a story if as long as you keep it simple into the basics because the the basics are so um universal and humanizing this idea of just like not wanting to grow up, yeah. you know, just sort of like, um, innocence and innocence lost and all yeah. of those things. Like I mean,
1: what kid or even adult doesn't want to, it's like going on vacation. You know, you go away to this faraway Island. You, you don't have to worry about the stress of the daily life and you just play. Yeah. Literally play. You play, I say cowboys and Indians, but that's, you know, you have the Indians and you have the pirates. And I mean, you like, who doesn't want to, play pirates right you know so it's it's still that whole con you know this is just fun this is my neverland you know the joke of why does peter pan f- fly everywhere He'll Never land. you know <laughs> something like that i don't know yeah um but yeah just always being a kid and having a place to play yeah. you know i think now it's interpreted as like you know we have our man caves and you know your your study or yeah. what, whatever room that you have and your
0: she shed have you heard of this one
1: <laughs> yeah the f- Oh, don't okay.
0: don't try to make that a thing. No. She shed?
1: It's hard to say, first of all. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> she shed.
0: I didn't hear about it until that commercial came out. Yeah. Where the woman's she shed is on fire. Yeah. Have you seen that one? No. Oh, it, they're forcing it. They're forcing this term. <laughs> this woman is out in the backyard. Her she shed is on fire. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the insurance guy is like telling her that he'll be able to... Cover it and all of that stuff, yeah. but they say they just keep saying she shed, like it's going to be a thing. Yeah, I I I hate the term man cave anyway. Yeah, yeah. So now you even know, even though
1: we're sitting in your version of one, hey, this is my office. This is my office. This is man caves. No, this is my this, office. This is,
0: a, it's a, it's is my stuff. This is my wife's stuff. This Okay,
1: is, I, I will. Yes, you, that is correct. You right, know, Gemma. This is our, Gemma has her. Little corner, but three quarters of this room is is yours.
0: Well, that was, yeah. we agreed to it. Okay. But I would never call it my man cave. I would never have a sign that says no. man cave on it. Okay. From,
1: we'll call it an office then.
0: From uh, from Hobby Lobby. <laughs> you know, there's no yeah. rules posted anywhere. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Okay. It just,
0: but then to, to like give, give a female version of it and be like, you have a she shed. It's like, yeah. that's not a thing. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. But but it does speak to this idea of not growing up. Yeah. Um, this infantilizing of society. Yeah. Um, was that something? Uh, and you may or may not know the answer to this. But but, but was that? Wh- what was the? What was the book or the play speaking to at the time that it was written? Where what what was going on that this sort of was um, uh, prevalent? <laughs> that it, that it was you know. That the audience was reacting to it, going like, "I need a novelization of this."
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, if you've seen Finding Neverland, that's pretty true to the story in the mm-hmm. sense that you know he had these these kids that he this family that he he'd befriended, and he basically wrote it about one of the boys that was all just completely no. I have to be serious. I have to study. He the boy didn't want to play. And so mm. he kind of wrote it a, about, named him Peter, uh, just with this concept of it's okay to have fun. Right. And so I think that's real. That's really was the impetus or the the idea of why he wrote it.
0: Huh. So it almost comes out of you know armchair psychiatry right now, but it it sort of comes out of the opposite to what we were just talking about. Yeah. It's almost like the. It's almost like. Well, I mean, and I guess the term teenager didn't exist back then. It wasn't, not, you know, yeah. it wasn't a society that sort of catered. American society didn't really cater to children until like the 1950s. 50s, yeah. Um, And so, so previous to that, it really was just like you reach a certain age and you're expected it's time to, to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're expected yeah. to be, to take care of the family and mm-hmm. make money and da, 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 da. Yeah. And so. Yeah, that's interesting that it would come out of sort of a reaction to that of like you need to be a kid right now.
1: Yeah, you need to have fun because he wasn't a teen. Like Peter was like maybe nine or ten years old, right? But he already was acting like he needed to be responsible and. All well,
0: because that that's kind what you have to look forward. To. That's probably what you're yeah. told at that time Yeah. of like mm-hmm. you're that this is it. This is going to be your life. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take this seriously then. Yeah. Um. Wow. Um. Are there connections to? that you are aware of, um, to Pan, the, 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 Oh, the, from yeah, mythology. The
1: pan, pan flute. I think just the, yes. I mean, I think the, the idea of Peter Pan is, it's the same incarnation of mm-hmm. Peter Pan. It's just, we give, given him the name Peter. Right. Added, added to it. But I mean, at uh, Kensington Gardens, if you see the, uh, I believe Pan has, a has the Pan flute yeah. around his neck and things like that. And, the interpretation, the visual drawing of what you imagine Peter Pan to be is Pan from the uh, the mythology version. Mm. So, yeah, that idea of, of Pan is the same.
0: Because does Peter Pan, does he... Am I correct in remembering that he does... Does he have a flute or, or a musical instrument? Yes. He does? Yes.
1: I mean, they don't show him playing it very often, but uh, he, he does have one. Um, I have several... Little uh, uh statues, figurines of him mm-hmm. sitting with the pan flute, with the flute. Yeah,
0: interesting. Because then, because what that make, that makes me think of is connections to like the Pied Piper.
1: Yes, which is very similar as well. Which is very similar. Which was actually written by one of my ancestors. Oh, really? Robert Browning.
0: Oh, no kidding! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Somewhere
1: at my house, we have an, a. a, a uh, an original copy of the pipe piper family.
0: Oh, that is uh that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but maybe
1: deep down inside that's, you know, that's because the, the pipe piper that... is the one that yeah, he plays the the pipes and gets all the the mice to leave. Yeah. So maybe that's why I like Peter Pan so much. It's in my blood.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, it is it is a very strikingly similar story in terms yeah. of um what the what the what the flute or the pan the pan flute or the pipes sort of, like, represent in terms of...
1: Like hypnotic hypnotism. Yeah. You know, get you to follow him. Yeah. Which is pretty much what Peter does. That's exactly what he he does. He goes and he picks up the kids and entices them however he sees fit. Come on, let's go have fun. Come with me. You know? And then gets the kids to go to Neverland and then he sacrifices them. Yeah. For a nice morbid twist.
0: The colorful character. Yeah. Because pied means multicolored. Yes. And so... The Pied Piper literally comes to town with like a multicolored like garment, s- garment, yeah. and plays it. And Peter comes in with all green and and takes the children away. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that I think it, as you want to interpret these stories through time, you do have to kind of find a way to make it new or speak to uh, your your audience, whatever time mm-hmm. period you're yeah. in. I feel like it's one of those things that comics has been forced to do as well to
1: fill in that gap, yeah, to fill especially in that, now. And
0: to go, okay, let's go back to these original stories, which were literally just made for fun, yeah, you know, in the sense of like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if there was a guy who could, you know, do this and oh, and he had a villain that dressed up like this and yeah. wow, you know. Um, but then, if you want to continue to tell that story, it's like you have to, you have to go deeper into it. And eventually you start getting into like the psychology of what would lead somebody yeah, to act this way. Cause this mm-hmm. is the only story that's left to tell now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not enough now to just tell superhero stories because every superhero story has been told at this point. So it's like, let's reexamine them now and go, what is, what is the psychology of this? Yeah, Right. And that mm-hmm. leads you to like the early eighties with Watchmen and, Dark yeah. Knight Returns oh, and all of these different ones. Well, you're starting
1: to bring in politics. I mean, comics are, have always been, look at that, we're, we're switching, but comics have always been political. Yeah. You know, I think, and you look at uh, like Civil War, you know, right. I mean, and just even X-Men. X-Men is
0: yeah. very political. Oh, yeah. You know? But that real world, that real world influence, you can't help but start you know bringing it into the stories because it like i said at a certain point you 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 lose your readers when when what's going on around you in the world is much scarier oh yeah than what's happening in the pages of the comic book yes and there is a level of escapism that you can achieve but but at a certain point it's like we have to recognize this yeah and and so you start to see like the, you know, especially like in the, in the sixties, the Nixonian sort of the Vietnam oh, yeah. thing starts coming in, like people are starting to have opinions in comic books, you know, and it just kind of like, uh, but my, my, my bigger point is that if you want to continue to re examine Peter Pan, then I feel like people have had to do the exact same thing. They've had to get into the psychology of like, mm-hmm. what does this actually mean? Yeah. It's not enough just to tell a story about a boy who never grows up and takes takes a family of children away to, yes. a, to Never Never Land. Yeah. You know, it's like when you when you actually pay attention to that, you go, Holy crap. Like
1: that's there is a lot to unpack here. Yeah. And I think that's why Go, why the child thief has been one of my favorite interpretations is because it really delves into like the psychology of what what would why would Peter Pan want to take all these kids Yeah. There has to be some reason. There's a reason. And it's because There's a compulsion. He has to to bring these kids back. It's totally selfish. Yeah. So that he can survive and he can stay young. Yeah. You know. Uh
0: And I don't think there's an in- Honestly, unless we can come up with one right now, I don't know that there is an interpretation that isn't at least a little sinister. It's it's a completely selfish move on Peter Pan's part. And so you almost have to cast him as the villain, or at least flawed. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know? And so you're taking this hero, literally the titular character, yeah. and you're going, he's he's messed up, you guys. You know? Oh, yeah. In, in,
1: Let's take it even further. He takes Wendy... And going back to what we touched upon earlier, he's, he's, he wants a mom. Yeah. Like he brings this 13, 14 year old girl back to, you know, with her two brothers. Yeah. Her brothers have totally bought into this. The brothers are like, yay, pirates, we're (laughs) going to play. And then he says, here, mom,
0: read us a book. Oof. Does he call her mom?
1: Oh yeah. Oof. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they play, like, they play house. Yeah. And is that in
0: the, that's in the, that's in the book?
1: yeah. Yeah, like he, But it's not
0: explored, right? No, not really, but it's there. it's just, it's just a given.
1: Yeah. He, he, uh, he turns Wendy into the mother of all of these lost boys. And he, yeah, it's creepy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Now, are they, has anybody gone or is it, has it ever explored, like. Or maybe this is Peter and the Starcatcher. Like I said, I've never seen it. But but is there, are there origin stories trying to be told about this? In terms of like, why is he missing his mom? Has he ever had a mom? The Lost Boys. Do they not have moms because Peter has taken them away from them? Or because, you know. Well,
1: yeah. So, Peter, Peter and the Starcatchers attempted to tell an origin story. Mm-hmm. But basically, Peter Pan fell out of his pram and... Uh, Tinkerbell, I believe, grabbed him and brought him back to Neverland is one of the interpretations. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he starts to grow up again. I'm, I'm twisting this. Okay. But he starts to grow up. And then when he reaches a certain age is when he realizes Somehow maybe he discovers something in the island that allows him to stay young and that's when he starts getting stealing the kids Right,
0: so uh, okay. So here's so here's a question then in, getting rid of anybody else's interpretation um, But obviously folding in things that you've sort of picked up from other people's interpretations Do you have a headcanon as far as like as far as your why? You can't help but ask why people act a certain way in these yeah. stories, right? Do you yeah. have headcanon as far as like, well, this is what I think, this is what makes the most sense to me.
1: Yeah. In and terms of the pr- origin of Peter Pan. Uh it's very yeah, pretty much what I just told you. You yeah. know, he felt he fell out of his out of his pram um, because he was an independent, an independent baby, even as a baby. He <laughs> was wanted to have adventures, and so he crawled out of his pram. What's yeah. this? And then I believe that Tinkerbell a fairy, mm-hmm. you know, we'll call it just a fairy, but, uh, you know, led him back to the mystical Neverland.
0: Do you think she was drawn to him because of the independence? Yes. Okay.
1: And because of his sense of adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think Tinkerbell had already lived on Neverland. And again, I uh-huh, Tinkerbell was in cahoots with the island. Uh, so I think the island is, a, Neverland is a living, breathing thing, mm-hmm. obviously. You buy With, into that. I buy into that. Okay. Totally, 100%. Going to, like, Celtic Gorge, you know, that, uh, yeah, Neverland is a living, breathing thing. Mm-hmm. And so the island sent Tinkerbell to find someone. Tinkerbell grabs Peter Pan, takes him there, and that's because the island needs to be fed as well. Right. And so the island then uses Peter to feed itself. So actually, the big the big villain the big villain is, is Neverland the island itself. Is the island. Yeah,
0: just keeping keeping everybody mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Wow. Keeping the island fed. So was there a um, was there a Peter before Peter then?
1: Ooh. Brett just threw it down.
0: Dude, this is what I'm into, man. This yeah. is this is like this is why I do improv. It's that question of like why, and I love it. Well, so let's
1: say uh, yes. Yeah. If I have to hold true to what I. To what I'm saying, then yes, there had to have been. Maybe it was just Pan. Mm. From I don't know. Let's let's just say it was yeah. So maybe it was Pan. It's just Pan. From yeah, from the mytho- mythological that we know and
0: right yeah. So he's kind of like the drummer from um, Spinal Tap. They just <laughs> just disappears and they just replace him with another sure. one. Yeah, that works. And then he's just everybody just called Pan. Yeah. But Peter's so independent; he insists on being called Peter. Peter Pan. <laughs> He's yeah. like, no, I'm Peter Pan. Yeah,
1: no, I want my own identity.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'll be Pan, but I'm Peter Pan. Yeah, Peter Pan. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's 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 something that I both love and and kind of despise. I I want it, you know, growing up in this time, like I said, with comics and all of these things, where it's just like we have to interpret this from a psychological standpoint, as opposed to just being able to... Enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy it for what it is. um, Is both, I think, a blessing and a curse, you know? Because it does allow you to sort of get deeper into it and... Or at least feel like you're understanding characters in a way that that perhaps you, you wouldn't have been able to otherwise. But it does when you, you, you can you can you can hit a roadblock or you can hit a thing that just d- doesn't make sense and i mm-hmm. think that's internet culture as well i
1: was yeah i was going to say i think as 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 a society we are so much more aware that you know 30 40 years ago prior, again yeah before the internet you just took a, took the story for what it was yeah. because you didn't have access to really any other interpretations yeah but now that's true. there's so much uh, creative content available to us that, that yeah, I think no one, people were asking the questions why, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't, you would only ask the question amongst your circle of influence.
0: Right. You wouldn't have the community yeah. of people that we have now.
1: But now if someone asks why, it's it's thrown out there for all the world. and next thing you know, everyone's talking, but yeah, why is, why did Peter Panda grow? <laughs> you know, why does this happen? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think it's it's a much more world view. Yeah. Self awareness, world awareness. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And a lot of websites have made entire, you know, um I almost said careers. Do websites have careers? No. Um, but they, they there's there is a longevity out of that. I, I feel like um that's how like cracked started and oh, yeah. different places where it's just like here's a thing that you love and now we're gonna question it from a logical standpoint. Yeah. And that you know that
1: like Mythbusters.
0: Yeah, yeah, almost. Where yeah. you just go, have you ever thought about the actual villain's plan in this? And you go, oh, I don't want to, but no. And then you read the article and you come out of it and you go, yeah, none of that made sense. Damn it, you've ruined this for me. I know, you know, right. But I think, you know, but but what's what's fun is when you can read something like that and still come out the other end and go, no, this isn't ruined. This yeah. is, uh, you know, you've, you've added a new layer or... You know there is an explanation for it. It gives greater meaning to the story, mm-hmm. um, and and I love it even more because of that. And I feel like I feel like Peter Pan kind of holds holds its own to to that sort of scrutiny.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I think I just think yeah, it's maybe it's growing up, maybe it's not, but just that it's the curiosity curiosity of a child, you mm-hmm. know, of which why. You know, as a kid, like I, I don't have kids, you don't have kids, but you know, you often hear, they like, why? But why? But yeah. why? Because you want to know why. And I think now we're getting the why, and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, my head's like, yeah, that just blew my mind.
0: Yeah. Well, and it speaks to the to the to the power of of the book itself and the and the author, where it's like you can. I think ask questions that were never intended for it, and yet the answers still always seem to lie within, within the text itself. Yeah. You can always go back and go like, no, this, was, this is in there from the beginning. Yeah. You know.
1: Captain Hook getting his hook. Is, yeah, we haven't really talked about Hook, but you know.
0: Let's talk about it.
1: You know, uh, in a duel, he gets his hand bitten off by TikTok the crocodile. Mm-hmm. And then he feeds a clock... To this crocodile and this crocodile, the taste of Captain Hook's flesh was so enticing to this crocodile that now this crocodile is following this man all around this island, yeah. tormenting him because he wants to eat him. Right. Like the this crocodile wants <laughs> to eat the rest of this man. Right. And that's really the main reason why Captain Hook is mad at Peter Pan is because Peter Pan is responsible for... This guy's worst nightmare. Mm. Every time he, you know, if you look at the movie hook, every time this man hears the ticking of a clock, like he, it's, he goes, like he freaks out. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He starts destroying things, trying to find where this clock is. And then he realizes, oh my gosh, it's this large crocodile, which given the, the, the the descriptions in the story. This is not a crocodile that you or I would see or, you know, we living in Florida, an alligator, but I mean this thing is a monstrosity. It's huge. It's absolutely enormous.
0: Yeah. You know? Well I remember in Hook they they've they've captured him, they've right? Stu- like yeah, they've, they've stuffed him. They've stuffed they've him. They put a clock in his mouth. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's so become he's become
1: like the town the, the town He's Big Ben. Yeah, that's yeah. That's right. It. Yeah he's Big Ben. Yeah. And then that's how Hook get meets his demise is yeah. the the, tower, the the crocodile actually collapses and as per cinema you know falls directly into the crocodile's right. mouth and the crocodile burps and hook is no more it eats him it eats him even though it's dead
0: even though it's dead
1: or supposedly dead right yeah
0: there's a metaphor in that somewhere in that whole crocodile thing i'm sure what is it
1: uh well here Persu- we go well Oh, I time. think I just
0: figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> adults being
1: concerned with time, concerned with
0: time, and the yeah. per, and it f- constantly following them.
1: Yeah, there you go. Mm. Mm. Big Steve, look.
0: <coughs> Never thought of that.
1: <laughs> our heads just exploded. It's right there, though. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's this constant. It's just being followed by time. The time ticking of constantly clock. looking it's over what runs your shoulder. It's our life. It's
1: what gives us stress. What gives us anxiety.
0: Yeah, and he's blaming youth. For not having the same concerns? I mean, as far as the metaphor is concerned, or am I thinking way too much about it?
1: I don't know. I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I'm trying to take some time here to think about that, you know, because he's responsible for, Peter Pan is responsible for feeding part of himself. To, yeah, I don't know, dude. Hmm. I'm going to think about it tonight, probably. It's what's going to keep me awake. I'm going to toss and turn.
0: <laughs> what does <laughs> so, it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean?
1: Um... Speaking of something else we haven't talked about, uh, I'm a dog lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a dog named Maya. Maya is a pit bull. And one of my biggest things when I talk to people about pit bulls is Nana, who is the caretaker, the nursery caretaker of the Darling Kids, mm-hmm. in the original incarnation was a pit bull. Really? Yes. Wow. St. Bernard is what is how Disney interpreted uh, Nana to be, mm-hmm. but in the original incarnation, because during that time in society, pit bulls were the babysitters because they're so protective. Right. So Nana is actually a pit bull. Oh, see, not a Saint Bernard. That would
0: change a lot of ideas, I think, if people understood that. Yeah. Um.
1: Did I just totally throw <laughs> through
0: Change the momentum? No, uh, I. Just, no, I. am just again thinking like that's you know that's just it. it <sighs> It's just this is this is why I love this show in this format, because it's just like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have known that. But it just makes me go like, why did Disney change that? Well, you know,
1: pit bulls, St. Bernard's are much more, you know, easy loving and easier to.
0: Yeah. I mean, imagine to gen- how to
1: the general society. Different
0: yes. things would have been, though, like if in the course actually- of. Yeah. If, if they'd have kept it as a pit bull. Yeah. You know, that would have been in sort of the collective conscious of you that this know, is a good dog to keep around. Yeah. Takes care of your family. Well and- the darlings trust a pit bull, so yeah. why don't you know? Wow. Yeah. Disney's ruining a lot of things. Oh yeah. Can I just Yeah. <laughs> Can we just talk about that for a second? <laughs> Orphans, pit bulls? Yeah. They're do they're changing a lot of things. Yeah. Um so is the is the uh the racism in the disney version is that also in in the books as well the, you're talking about the indians the red man the, the <laughs> yeah uh is
1: this
0: is it as blatant or is it just kind of no it's still there it's still there
1: of course yeah this is the early 1900s yeah so it's it's there
0: so flash forward 50 years disney said we're gonna change the dog but i'm keeping all of that keeping racism. all the
1: indians yeah <laughs> Like there's a song in the musical "Ugug Ugug 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 Ah," uh, and that's this the Indian song. Mm. Yeah, it sounds... racist. <laughs> no, it's sounds... <laughs> not.
0: No, that's totally fine. No, it sounds very culturally sensitive. Yes. <laughs> um, it yeah, it is. It's it's certainly it is certainly one of those things. Do they touch upon it in Hook at all?
1: No, I don't know.
0: No. Not in terms of commenting on it, but they, they don't have there are any no like
1: no Indians in Hook, I don't believe. No, they just It's just the pirates and the Lost Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Their mermaids are there. But I don't believe there's any Yeah, I don't think the Indians exist in Hook.
0: Yeah. So if you if you could if you could visit Neverland. Yeah. Would you go?
1: Oh come on, dude. Seriously, yes, of course. I'm just, with all of yeah. the stuff that
0: we know now. Yeah. All the stuff that we've just figured out, it's, yeah. still, it's still an enticing place to you. Oh, yeah, man. Even yeah. if you could never come back.
1: Okay, maybe not.
0: Well, I'm saying, yeah. you're going to be sacrificed to the island. Or are you the new pan?
1: Am I the new Pan? No, yeah, dude, I love kids too much, man. I feel like I can't kill them. <laughs> you
0: can't. I can't
1: do that. So you're you know, d- you're
0: going on a you're going on a one day like yeah. tour as I'll
1: disguise myself as a pirate and just go hang out for a day, go chat it up with the with the mermaids. You yeah. Know? So yeah.
0: Michael Jackson called his place. He sure did. Neverland. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't have Would to be. Would you go to Neverland Ranch <laughs> no. as a kid?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Michael Jackson was the Pan. Because he would entice all the kids. to, uh, Oh, see, no.
0: He wanted to be the pan oh, so he much, did. He did. so much. Yeah. Um, his monkey. But see, there's a that that's like a real world example of, uh, you know, this only works in stories. Yeah,
1: in real life. It's we had a real life crazy. example
0: of a dude who tried to recreate Neverland and never grow up, and it just went sideways. Yeah. Immediately.
1: Yeah. He even he even t- held the kids outside the window. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like you know, he really was too could fly, fly. Yeah. No, 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 that doesn't work. No, it doesn't work
0: in real life. We we have to reexamine this because here's here's an example, and the accusations fly immediately. Oh yeah. You can't have a real world example of Peter Pan and not have a majority of people go like, yeah, he's sleeping with them. Yeah, he's
1: a pedophile. He's t- <laughs> yeah. He's a pedo. Yep.
0: Yeah. He's a Peter Pan. <laughs> Pe-
1: there you go. Hey, we're that's what we've been. We're Pan. That's we're gonna, what
0: we've led to. We're not going to top that. Um, well, uh, so is there anything that you uh, wish that I would have asked about, or anything that you would like to sort of like say about Peter Pan before we before we sort of fly off to Neverland into Neverland? <laughs> no, um, dude.
1: I think. Uh... Man, but we covered a lot.
0: We covered a lot. Yeah. It's a psychological story. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of subtext and hidden meaning, whether or not that meaning was ever... Meant to be. Meant to be there in the first place. Yeah. Um, But I I can absolutely see how you could get sucked into a story like this and continue to... It it begs for interpretation and reinterpretation. Well,
1: I think any... If we look back and... Any story that we, or movie for that matter, that we consumed as a child, you know, I think you go back and re-watch it, mm-hmm. or you go back and reread a book that you read as a kid. Yeah. You know, like there are movies I watch now that I watched when I was a kid, and I was like, how in the world did I miss that? Right. That, so I guess the big thing I'm asking, the theme is, go back and, and look at the things that you loved as a kid. Mm-hmm. And reevaluate them and, and ask the questions. Yeah. Why? Because I think from a different perspective, all of a sudden, it it changes the story.
0: Yeah. Well, and 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 oftentimes you find that stuff from your childhood, um, like the villains become more sympathetic. Yeah. And the heroes aren't so heroic. Yeah. Because you are looking at it from a a life lived, instead of you know from a, from a kid's eyes who's just like. You tell me he's bad, then then he's yeah, bad, bad, you know. Yeah. And you sort of, and then you know, but you grow up with 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 nuance and subtlety and ch- and hard choices and decisions, and and you and you and you start to look at the villains, or you know, you look at Hook or whoever, and you just go like, yeah, I I kind of get it. Yeah. You know.
1: I think again, looking at just, I think that's where society is now. Is we have to have more. Villains that we can associate with, right? You know the the cookie cutter. He's just bad. Not asking why he's bad is boring now. Yeah. You know, I think one of the most interesting villains we've had, uh, cinematically right now, and is with Black Panther. Mm-hmm. You know, because you actually with associated Killmonger. with Killmonger. Yeah. And you understand why, what his motive was, and you you understand it. Yeah. So, I think you to be a successful storyteller, now the villain has to be almost more fleshed out than the hero.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is, there there is money to be made or there are stories to be told by re-examining. You know, you could, you could re-examine Hook in a way that you could, that, that you know, I think would entice people to to kind of look at it and still say like, no, he's still definitely the bad guy of the piece, but I get his where motivations. Yeah. I get where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, the one example that I always think of and uh, is uh, Home Alone Two.
1: Oh yeah. Lost in New York.
0: Uh huh. With uh with um, with the the hotel. Um, Tim Curry's character. Yeah. And. When you watch it as a kid, you're like, this guy's a jerk. Why doesn't he let him just like do whatever he wants? And then you go back and you watch it as an adult and you're like, this guy's job is on the line. (laughs) Like he is clearly trying to take responsibility for for a situation and doing everything that he is supposed, should be doing and more. Mm -hmm. But as a kid, you're just like, he's the villain. Yeah. You know? And it's like, no, he's...
1: (laughs) This kid is actually wreaking havoc. This
0: kid is wreaking havoc on his hotel. Yeah. And he's just following up and going like, I don't know if this credit card is right. If I don't do this, I'm going to get fired and lose my livelihood. But I think that happens a lot. Um, and so it's interesting when people kind of re-examine that for new generations and, and kind of uh, kind of write it down for all of us to, to partake in. Yep. So um, hopefully, hopefully you do the same. I look forward to um, any follow-ups as far as like... A film or a play yeah. or a story that, yeah. that you know, because, I mean, obviously you have a, a wealth of knowledge to, to sort of work from. Yeah. And I think, you know, your story would be, um, would be coming from a place of, of authority on it so I
1: would like to so keep yeah. us updated on thanks, you know
0: whatever it is and you know thanks for thanks for coming down on this beautiful sunny day and yeah. sitting in my man cave sitting in my dark man cave talking yes. about
1: you just called it your man cave
0: pedo pan pedo pan so thank you very much you're welcome my and friend. uh have a great day bye bye what am i missing is edited produced and hosted by me brett walden with original music by anthony smith special thanks to j scott browning if for nothing else teaching me that j m barry is actually a dude i always thought it was a lady if you would like to know more about me or listen to past episodes you can find it all on my website www.brettwalden.com w a i m If you have any questions, comments, or curses about anything you heard today, we have a community for that. Go to facebook.com slash whatamimissingpod and let your voice be heard. And please make sure to rate us on whatever app you choose to listen to podcasts on and tell your friends about us, please. Thanks for listening.